For the last year, uh, we have been in a sermon series or uh, a series looking at the life of Jesus, and we've taken uh, a variety of different lenses to look at this idea of who was Jesus, what was his ministry about, who is this person uh, that we have devoted our lives to. And uh, our series actually finished up last weekend, whether you knew that or not. Uh, That was our last message kind of in this idea of the life of Jesus, And so what we do commonly at New Community, what we feel like is uh, an important aspect of, uh, of this place, is giving the community an opportunity to speak to how they have been impacted. Give the community an opportunity to speak to the idea of how has this study of the life of Jesus changed you or molded you or moved you or encouraged you or challenged you in some ways. And so this morning, we're calling the Community Speaks. And so uh, the flow of the morning is going to be a touch different. We'll have, uh, in in a moment here, we'll have an initial song set uh, that will kind of be a a place to center us uh, here this morning. We'll dismiss our kids. They'll go to the back. We'll have a few announcements. Uh, After that, I'm going to invite up a couple of people and talk about some transition that's happening uh, here with some some of our uh, worship leaders. And then after that, there will be um, an extended period of worship. And we don't know how many songs will be sang in that extended time. Uh, We've got enough to fill out 25 to 30 minutes. But really, the the meat of that time is going to be an open sharing time. And so Bobby and the band will play a song, and then we'll leave some open space. Two to three minutes, there'll be some instrumental uh, music in the background. We'll have a mic right here. And it's at that point that you can feel free to come up to the mic and share how has God moved in your life in the last year. How has God challenged you uh, with this study, this sermon series, long sermon series about the idea of who Jesus is in his ministry? How has God used that to impact you, to move you, to challenge you? Uh, It doesn't have to be eloquent. It doesn't have to be something you've written down. It can be just a prompting of the Spirit to say, stand up and encourage the community with this. We've already asked a few people in our community to come up and share. So there will be some people that have uh, given this some thought. Uh, but again, we really want this to be an open forum. So uh, come up and share how has God challenged you? How has, how has God used this to move you in some way? Uh, so there'll be a song played, there'll be some space given, and then there'll be another song played and then some space given. So you'll have plenty of time over the course of the morning uh, to come up and, uh, and share if you want. We will close our service with uh, uh, more of a I wouldn't say a full message, but maybe uh, kind of a concluding thought from somebody, John, uh, in our community who is an elder and, uh, and has been here this year with us learning and growing in the same ways that we all have as we've studied this. So that's a flow of the morning. And, and I'll say one more thing, too. Oftentimes when we do open sharing, people get kind of freaked out and they get clammy hands and they think there's no way I could share something. Uh, if the Spirit is prompting you to share something, Feel the power, feel the strength to actually stand up and share it. Because uh, oftentimes it's not necessarily for you that you may need to share it. Oftentimes it's for the community that needs to hear that. So kind of think about it in that way. Let me pray, and then uh, we'll welcome uh, the band up here to begin with our our first set of music. Um, I don't remember which week it was, but um, Russ gave us three challenges. And one of those was resting in God's provision. And that was the one that I... I really clung to and really had to hold on to um, because I had separated my shoulder not too long ago and I'm going into my student teaching so I don't, I'm not going to have a job. And then we found out my wife's company was sold and she was going to be out of a job. 
And so it was going to be all sorts of fun coming up. And, uh, and so just taking into this account of resting in God's provision and knowing that he will provide, and then seeing this week um, all of those answered, all of that's answered. Um, I, I had to have an MRI to see if I did anything else to my shoulder, and I was told that I had a tear in one of the ligaments. And so I went and saw a surgeon, and he's like, yeah, I'm not going to fix that. That that's more harm than good to fix that. So no surgery, which is fantastic. And then my wife was um, approached and said, hey, you should apply for this specific job. And so she did. And she had an interview on Monday, same day that I had my uh, consultation with the surgeon. And uh, she found out Tuesday she got the job. That's full time. And um, so that was the biggest thing for me um, in this whole series was what does God's provision look like? How do we rest in that? How do we come to, to terms with who he is and what he said he will do for us? So, thank you. Hey, guys. My name's Dawn. Um, Russ actually asked me to share a little bit today, so I had the benefit of reflecting a little bit before I came, which was actually a really good exercise to go through and look through some of my old notes from some of the sermons and... Um, really allowed me to kind of see how God was speaking to me. Um, And one of the um, notes that I looked back on was on the incarnation. That was kind of at the beginning of the year. And I have been reflecting on the incarnation um, or seeing Jesus as God in the flesh and the mystery of Christ in us, um, the mystery of Christ inside of me. And there was a sermon that Russ um, had challenged us to think about a characteristic that we wanted to embody for the year. And then he read this quote by Eric Ludy that has just been on my heart all year. So I'm going to read it. Um, So Eric Ludy says, Don't pray that God would teach you how to love like he loves. Pray that he would fill you with himself and that he would love in and through you. Don't pray that he would teach you to have joy. Pray that the living God, full of joy, would enter into you. Don't pray that he would teach you how to be peaceful. Ask for the God of peace, the Prince of Peace, to infill you. Because if you try to imitate in your own strength, you will be a miserable replica. But if you allow the impartation of Jesus Christ to overtake you, suddenly it all works because it is him imitating himself, and he is very good at being God. And that, um, those words have really rung true with me, um, just thinking about the power of Christ inside of me. And one of the, the characteristics that I really wanted to embody this year was peace, rather than anxiety or worry. Um, Just peace in my relationships, peace in my efforts at work, um, peace about the future, and peace in my relationship with God that I would truly rest in his arms as my Abba Father rather than kind of subconsciously viewing him as a a boss who I followed his rules. And um, because I'm a very formulaic person, I I think if I do this, then I'll be peaceful. If I just pray the right prayer or say the right thing or read enough scripture, I will be peaceful. And these words really reminded me that it's really just asking Jesus to be Jesus, because he lives inside of me, and um, it was really simple. And so Second um, Thessalonians 3, verse 16 
says, um, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and in every way. And that was, that's been a consistent prayer of mine over the last few months in times when I'm feeling anxious or worried or even in, in ways to prevent myself from becoming anxious and worried about situations. And so just praying, Jesus, you are peace. Would you be my peace at all times and in every way in this situation? And it's turned into prayers of, Jesus, you are all wise. Would you be my wisdom in this situation and at all times? Or would you be uh, grace to me, Jesus, at this time and in all ways? Um, would you be my patience in, this, in, in all these things in, in every way? And so I, um, that's sort of been how I've been leaning into the incarnation and making it practical and, and trying to apply it to my daily walk in life and through this journey, and I'm um, just grateful for um, the ways that Jesus helps us to grow even without our efforts because he's inside of us and he, um, he, is, he is just Jesus being Jesus, and we can trust that he will be who he says that he is. Oh, yeah, with me. I, 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 oh, yeah. I, I mean, faith me. <clears throat> I am. Everyone got all that? Um, <laughs> so uh, Carl, he's a part of Larsh in a community where we live alongside of each other, ups and downs. And uh, he has a niece who's named Mackenzie, who's 13 years old, and she has cancer. And actually, in the next week, they'll be in Hawaii for Make-A-Wish Foundation. Um, she's only 13, and she has a rare form of cancer, and she's passing away. And so, as community, we all experience ups and downs together. And so, uh, I'm, we're really thankful for new community being very supportive. Uh, Carl likes to find Russ or Kevin and ask them to pray. And also for his parents, because it's hard on them having, you know, a 13-year-old niece through that situation. Um, so, yeah, I'm an interpreter. New community being very accepting. Uh, Carl and Chad playing the... Jimbe and just uh, just so much love and uh, there's such a special heart of God here, here and in Larsh and uh, please don't be afraid to say hi and to just uh, best way to understand is just to jump in and experience it. Um, it's very special. There's a special heart of God, and uh, since I'm up here, um, uh, I've uh, yesterday I was having a really hard time, and I couldn't I didn't know why like it was just normal life routines small things. And it got to the evening, and I was really struggling with anxiety, which is what we've talked about, obviously. Um, and I realized it was, that day was the anniversary of when, well, when Larsh, when we were, in, I was driving, and we were in a car wreck. And our van was totaled, like, really bad, but everyone was okay. And we got, like, through Larsh and New Community, I had to really walk through it and really fight actively fight anxiety and fear and learn to drive again and to serve along people and just community is hard because it exposes you um exposes your weaknesses and it calls you on your bluff like you really have to do what you what you say because they'll they'll know if you're not living in it um and so it's been fun it's been challenging here uh and god is good and thank you for 
being such a big part of uh, how it's cool how all the ministries connect and what God's doing. Continue. Amen. And Kevin just got a job at Gonzaga, so if you're in the dining hall, oh, hey, just hey, wave hey, behind the thing. And it's a big <laughs> praise. All right. Uh, so we've been talking about the person of Jesus Christ, and I think it's harder when you get older because you hear the same stories over and over again. And every day that goes by and you hear the story, like I get out my little folder, I'm like, oh, yeah, well, let's talk about this. Well, I didn't get anything new, so let's put that back in the shelf. And I think sometimes we attach those to our lives. And instead of saying, you know, what's God trying to say about the person of Jesus Christ, we often say, what am I learning this time? What am I getting to this time? And I think God sometimes asks us to reevaluate our whole life, how we get there. Over the last couple of years I've been going through law school, it hasn't been fun. I'm sure you have never heard that it was fun. Um, there's a lot of reading and writing, and uh, I don't really like to read and write, so I don't know what I was doing, but it was, it was difficult. Uh, but what it did to my faith is it took away all the things I normally considered myself that made me a Christian. Um, I was reading the Bible less, praying less, going to small group less, going to church less, all those things I've done less than my entire life. But I told myself when I went to law school that my whole job was to find this career that I would be doing the ministry of Christ, that I would be finding ways to help the disenfranchised, the poor, the powerless, those kinds of people. And it's been difficult because I had a math equation that told me how good of a Christian I was before. And now today I have to question say, well, who is the person of Jesus Christ? And what kind of person would that be? Hi, I'm Kayla. I was another person they asked to share, and I thought, uh, are you sure? Me, because I'm the one in the back with the noisy kids that <laughs> usually isn't paying attention to the sermons. <laughs> and so it's usually on the way home I'm saying, uh, Ben, so what did we talk about today? And it was usually pretty simple. He'd say, Jesus. Um, I mean, he'd say a little more than that, but that's what I got, Jesus. And so um, I thought, okay, well... It's easy as a mom to be frustrated and think sometimes, why am I here? Because I can't pay attention. Um, It's easy to make that excuse. But I thought, you know, my family doesn't need me to do that. (laughs) And my kids are my ministry. Like Dan was saying, you know, that's uh, my heart is to be Christ to my children and to people around me. And so um, I just kept thinking, Jesus, and I want to know you. And maybe I'm not hearing every word at at church, but I can sit at his feet every day, and I can be in his word, and I can talk to him. And um, I've made that a choice. Um, And moms know that it's not easy to find time and space to do that. (laughs) Um, But I've made that a, a priority, that every day, sometimes it's five minutes, and sometimes it can be an hour if my kids sleep. Um but I can be in his word, and I can talk to him, and I can journal, and he's faithful. He's so faithful in teaching me about who he is, and um, and I, I guess I, I just kind of reread some of my journal, and most of what I saw in, that I would write was I would just pray, Lord, I want to know you. Lord, I want to know you, and he continues to teach me about himself, and um, I would say maybe it's just some of the simple things that that I've heard my whole life um, have the most profound meaning to me now, like uh, like Don was saying, his peace that passes understanding. Um, Trust me, he says, to trust him. Um, Jesus says, I love you. And, you know, those are Christianese things we hear all the time, but when you sit at his feet and you spend time in his word and you talk to him, 
he teaches you about those things in a deeper way than you ever can imagine. And um, so I guess that's just my encouragement is um, uh, to just spend time at his feet. Thanks for uh, everybody shared. Uh, Russ and Kevin asked me to sort of share a little bit, wrapping up this series we've been doing on Jesus. Um, and I was working this morning. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is going to, I'm really frightened here. I got microphones and if I open flames, we're going to take that as a sign. Um, and I was at Starbucks this morning finishing up and all of the sort of, um, there's lots of kids from Gonzaga and their parents, they're like getting ready to move in and things. And it made me think, yesterday we went school shopping for, like, school supplies with our kids. And our littlest one, Nora, is going to be doing, like, a preschool a couple days a week, right? And so she has this, she has, actually has the, the largest supply list of all the kids, which is really interesting. Uh, but one of the things on there was scissors, right? And so she's three, and so she's not actually allowed to have scissors. But when she saw that she could get scissors, she was incredibly excited by it. And so she grabbed the package of scissors and was just all over the store like this, right? Um, but she's three, so at some point she forgot that she was paying attention to scissors and set them down somewhere and then kept doing whatever she was doing. And then she realized that she had misplaced her scissors, which are crucially important to whatever it is she's going to be doing. And that's the extent to she knows there's a list and there's scissors, and these are important things for me to bring to this place I'm going. And so then it was 15 minutes of her just wandering her. And yelling about not having these scissors. She doesn't know what they're for, what she's going to do with them, but she's positive that she needs to have these things in order to fit into this place. This morning, I realized that we are always still figuring out our scissors, right? We just get better at hiding it. So you had all of these young people trying to act cool with their parents, like, I'm going to be fine, Mom. I'm going to be fine. And then you saw the parents trying to act cool, like, you're an adult. We're excited for you to leave. Um, right? But there was just this panic on both sides, and you could see it. Uh, one time somebody described this to me as, we get really good at how afraid of things we are, and so we act like ducks. Y'all ever seen a duck on the water? Right? Just nice and smooth, right? Right, but underneath the water is they're ferociously kicking their feet. And they're not very tough, and they know everything can kill them. <laughs> right? Um, and I think sometimes that's how we are when it comes to things like community and, and thinking about what everyone was saying today is that we get really good at being like those ducks and looking like we have everything all together. But underneath the surface, we're just trying to figure out what's going on and figuring out what are scissors, what are the things that we bring to a community and when we can't figure those things out, sometimes I think we just say, what would be better is if I just kind of floated around and didn't get too connected to anything, right? So as I was reflecting on the teachings of Jesus and what all of this was meaning to me and if there was a word I could bring, um, what I think is beautiful is that Paul said so many of the things that I've been thinking about. And there's just this one word, this one idea that I want to talk about for a few minutes. The idea of persistence. Persistence. And I love this definition of persistence. A firm or obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. 
Firm or obstinate continuance in a course of action in spite of difficulty or opposition. I think one of the things I've been thinking a lot about over this series is that community is not the goal of the gospel. Just let it sit for a sec. It's the mechanism by which the gospel goes out into the world. Right? We are in community to be with each other in all of our frailness uh, in order to go about showing the world what it's like to live under a different kind of order. Um, and that takes persistence, an obstinate continuance in the face of difficulty. Right? That you have to have some skin in the game. You have to stick it out. Um, and that's a tough thing. And Jesus talks about this as he tends to do in agricultural metaphors. Matthew 15. I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit. Every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit already been cleansed by the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me and as I abide just as the branch cannot bear itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done. My Father is glorified by this. You bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abided his love. I have said these things to you so that my joy may be in you, that your joy may be complete. Uh, perhaps a better way of understanding this word abide is to think of it as uh, with a gerund at the end of saying abiding, right? That it is a continuous state of action. That to be in the kingdom of God is not to come perfected or... Uh, the right kind of person to do the right kind of thing, but it means to be in the, to be in it, to be grafted into the vine and to be taken care of by the vine grower. Right? There's this beautiful language of we are pruned and we are cared for, we are nurtured, we are not, we are not, uh, we are not supposed to have it all together. Right? That is what the vine grower is for. He will take care of us. And so we are asked as a community to be together and to be grafted into this one single entity that is called God's people, right? A different place. And we are pruned and we are nurtured and we change all the time, right? Change is only constant. Change is intended to take place as we are anchored to the one who is the creator of all things. Right? And in him, we will find the strength to get on with things. And one of the things I've been really challenged by uh, over the last year is how often I want to tap out. I saw a bumper sticker yesterday while I was shopping for school supplies also. It was a very instructive day for metaphors. Um, uh, uh, and it said, tap out. And <laughs> I don't know what that means. I've been trying to figure it out. Uh, 
But I like, this. I like it because I think I am sometimes willing to say community gets really hard, and I'd rather just not do it, right? I'd rather not really be honest or forthcoming or vulnerable or any of these things. Um, it's too hard for me to do that. Um, and then I think the world has convinced us that we have to get ourselves right in order to do right. Right, that we got to get it all figured out before we can really, uh, before we can really be a part of something, right? And so we wear our insecurities just on our sleeves all the time, and we avoid real commitment, um, and we avoid. And what's so strange about this is that over the last few weeks, we've been talking a ton about this idea of to be conformed to Christ in order to be unified, right? And we've talked about the idea that we're going to be a part of disagreements, and there's going to be uh, arguments, and we've got to figure out how to do that as a community. And what's really stuck at me is, how do we do that if we're not willing to be all in? How do you figure out how to love somebody well if you always have an escape clause, if you always have a way out, if you're never really ever all in and grafted into the vine, tempt to be that branch on your own. And here's the problem with branch on your own, right? Your insecurities take over. Happiness takes over. And you start to become bitter. And you start to become angry. And you start to become resentful. And you actually become the kind of person that can't be a part of a community. Because the only thing you're ever thinking about is how people don't love you. And how much other people don't serve you. And I think what's so interesting is um, I teach in an English department. a lot about words. Um, they created the universe at all. Um, <laughs> uh, and one of the things I'm interested in is that I hear a lot in our in our in this sort of historical moment where I hear a lot of people say things like, "I'm in a different state of life." I'm I'm just if I can get this done, then I'm going to be. Okay, if I get this thing out of the way, then I'll really be the kind of person that can like live all into things, right? I just got to get this stuff taken care of. But here's the thing. There's always another class. There's always another relationship. There's always another baby. There's always another job. There's always another small group. There's always another fight. There's always something. Change is the thing that is always happening to us. And if you wait to stop changing so then you can be all in, the only thing that you're going to learn how to do is how not to be in. And I'm speaking to myself here, right? That we have got to be the kind of people that really believe the stuff that Jesus says, abide in me, right? Be with me. And in that, you will find all kinds of ways to live as a community. I wish more than anything, church, that biggest disagreement we had was that some people vote Democrat and some people vote Republican. I wish the biggest disagreement we had is that they're Seahawks fans and goobers. <laughs> I wish that was the extent to which we deal with challenges as a community. But there are people that are dealing with broken relationships, that are dealing with serious illness, that are dealing with deep disagreements and challenges and the only way that you can confront those things is to actually believe that it matters that you're a part of it. 
that matters that you're part of a community. I was thinking the other day, I was uh, getting ready to prepare. Uh, often end up, and I do it sometimes here too, uh, talk about technology and the ways in which our technologies uh, sort of inform the ways in which we think about relationship, right? And I was thinking about, uh, you know, like InstaTweets and your Snapbooks and all those things. And um, that's a, make a joke by changing the name of things, and it's fantastic. Um, <laughs> And one of the things I notice is that if you just take a look at the ways in which something like your Instagram feed or your Facebook feed works, right, it starts with the newest thing, time you turn that thing on in the morning or the afternoon or constantly, um, you're always looking for the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, right? And it's community no longer is about the ways in which you serve them, but the ways in which they serve you, right? You're just consuming Right? And we consume, and we can consume, and we can consume, and consume. we convince ourselves that the idea of community is the people that serve me, the places where I am healed. And I'm guilty of this all the time. Everyone should agree with me all the time, and it doesn't happen. Why are you, what's wrong with you? Right? And that's the opposite of our story, right? Throughout the world, what we've seen is Jesus calling people into this incredibly dynamic new relationship in which the least of you will be the greatest of you. The one who serves everyone. That's the goal, right? And so my encouragement to all of you as we move into this transition period, right, between summer and the start of school, between summer and fall, is that we would do one really simple thing over the course of the next year, right? Nothing, not a big abstract idea, just one simple thing. I encourage all of you, and you can hold me accountable to it as well. Show up. Just show up. Right? As all the people shared, there was this thing. Just show up. Be there. Right? Organize your life around the people that you're sharing it with. Organize your life around people that are trying to figure out what it means to follow after Christ and to proclaim his kingdom. Organize your life around those things. There's always going to be another job. There's always going to be another class. There's always going to be other things for you to do. And if you wait to really get involved until those things are done, we'll be having this talk in five months. And then in months, I'm just going to keep it going in multiples of five, but I'm going to run out 15 months. Um, so my one thing that I've been trying to wrestle with over the last year that's been on my heart is this idea of persistence, right? Stay in it. Right? So if I can encourage you just to do one thing as we move into this new season, right? Show up. Show up in your small groups. Show up on Sunday. Show up with the people that you're doing life with. Really be there. And then see what happens. See what happens. We're going to conclude uh, uh, today by saying, I think, uh, what is a beautiful way to sort of be all is the Lord's Prayer.